It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team, every single day of the week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday throughout the season and throughout the year here on the show, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So go ahead and get those into me now by either adding me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. But first, make sure to follow me at Julian Council. I told myself, try not to get choked up here. I told myself I wouldn't be emotional, but thank you, God in heaven. Hallelujah. The NFL trade deadline has finally come and gone. It is over. No more speculation. No more of the talk. The Carolina Panthers have stood pat and they have made no moves, at least on deadline day. Yes, they already did make moves by trading a 2023 six-round pick for Stephon Gilmore, who gets his revenge game on Sunday in his debut at home against the Carolina Panthers, or against his former team, excuse me, the New England Patriots. And, of course, they also traded away Dan Arnold and a third-round pick to Jacksonville for C.J. Henderson and a fifth-round pick in the upcoming 2022 draft. So it's not like the Carolina Panthers weren't active. Scott Fitter has been more than active when it comes to trade since he took over as a Panthers general manager, having 13 deals in his first nine months on the job. But in terms of what all the talk was and the, the hubbub with the Carolina Panthers going to the trade deadline, it was about Deshaun Watson and whether the Panthers would trade for him after Sam Darnold struggled and the team lost four games. And the Panthers obviously had interest back in the spring before all of the legal issues popped up of Watson. And even back in August, according to Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports and more reporters out there, the Carolina Panthers were potentially interested in bringing in Deshaun Watson. They had talked to the Houston Texans. They wanted to talk to Deshaun Watson and they were not given that little kumbaya. They weren't allowed to go to the ropes course and do trust falls and figure out whether Deshaun Watson really was a good guy at all. We'll have to wait until after the season in February or March. Then the speculation can run wild again. But until then, for the next 10 weeks, next nine games, we don't have to talk about it. We can all move on for now. Now, the interesting thing that I will say about the whole Watson situation 
was that Stephen Ross, who's the owner of the Miami Dolphins, the team that seems to be where Deshaun Watson wants to go, at least widely reported, that's where he would absolutely, unequivocally, wave his no-trade clause for to go down to. Um, and also that the Dolphins seem to be a team that has the capital to be able to trade away or trade him, trade for him, and then trade away probably to a Tonga Valoa, who's our first-run draft pick back in 2020 out of Alabama. With all that being mentioned, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, was actually given the opportunity to speak to Deshaun Watson on Monday evening, the day before the trade deadline was at 4 o'clock Eastern time, to speak to Watson. And I guess he didn't get enough from that conversation to feel comfortable with the team moving forward and giving up whatever compensation that was needed in order to bring Watson to Miami. So Deshaun Watson in the middle of his prime where there's a looming cloud of legal issues over him will not play in the 2021 season and may not even play in 2022, depending on how things play out. But the Carolina Panthers currently are moving forward with everyone they have on the roster, including Sam Darnold and including guys like Marquise Haynes, who I saw supports out there that the Panthers might be interested in moving off of him just based off of the fact that they have a plethora of pass rushers. And there's plenty of teams across the NFL that would love to have a guy like a Marquise Haynes that could help them depth wise, but it's not even depth wise. It's guys that they want to have come in and be impact players. The Carolina Panthers didn't have like a Von Miller on an expiring deal. They could trade to a team like the Rams who are dying to win a Super Bowl. The Carolina Panthers like the young core that they have. They like the defensive depth that they have. And, you know, there's a lot of teams out there in the league who like the depth. And we see all the injuries that are occurring week in and week out. The NFL trade deadline is usually a lot of smoke, no fire. And again, here in 2021, that was the case. Now, there certainly could have been a case made for the Carolina Panthers trying to bring in an offensive lineman. One move that might have made sense for Carolina was the one that the Jets did with Kansas City by trading for Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, who opted out of the season last year. He's a doctor to um, help out with the COVID-19 pandemic, of course, and hadn't been active until Monday night's football game against the Giants. The last time he was active prior to then was the Super Bowl matchup where he started uh, down to Miami when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Now the Jets traded a tight end to get him. Could the Carolina Panthers have done a player-for-player player swap like that? Maybe. They also have a lot of options on the offensive line. You can't say that they're all great options, but there's plenty of options, certainly, that they have at their disposal, particularly at the guard position. And that's one of the, I guess, positives with the Carolina Panthers and wanting to find guys who aren't necessarily um, great at one position, but wanting to find guys who could be versatile across the offensive line. And, well, that's what they have here. So that wasn't really a move that they needed to make. And you also think about the guys who are coming back. Like every team in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers are having to put guys on IR every week, it seems like. And if you look at some of the guys that are coming back, like Christian McCaffrey, whether it's this week or next week, he will eventually be back to help the Panthers offense that desperately needs him. And the Panthers offense that now sees their identity as running the football potentially 40 plus times. However many attempts it takes, that's what they want to do for the rest of this season. And also Pat Elfline. I don't really know what his role is going to be when he comes back, but that's depth on the offensive line at the very least. Miles Hartsfield, Justin Burris, two other guys alongside Elf Line who have been designated for return off of IR. Eventually, they'll get Joe Charlton back in terms of just special teams. Deontay Brown, Brandon Zilstra, John Miller, like they're going to get three offensive linemen back eventually. Just at least it's, as I'm saying, it's depth. And they get some key defenders like Justin Burris back, who was starting at safety, and Miles Hartsfield, who was starting at the nickel in place of A.J. Bouye at the start of the season. 
and Christian McCaffrey. So you got to feel pretty good about what's going to be returning for the Carolina Panthers over the course of the next few weeks as they try to make that last push throughout the season. And they have more depth this year than they did last year. Maybe not all the options are great options, but at least they have options, which is going to be key as this team is trying to get healthy for the next nine weeks of the season and potentially be right there in the thick of things in the wild card in the NFC. We'll see how things pan out, but Sunday against New England will certainly be a big game as they try to get to that win total that might put them in position to be either the sixth or seventh team into the playoffs in the NFC here in 2021. Now, the Carolina Panthers made a move as the quarterback wait and see with Sam Darnold continues as he's in a concussion protocol. Did the move that they made on Tuesday lead you to believe that maybe Sam Darnold won't be available to go on Sunday? We'll talk more about that here in just a moment. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now by using promo code TOUCHDOWN and you get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two dollars to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added directly to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The key question for this week for the Carolina Panthers is whether Sam Darnold will play on Sunday against New England Patriots. Of course, plenty of people will wonder whether Christian McCaffrey will finally make his return after missing the past five weeks this season after sustaining a hamstring injury on the road in that Thursday night matchup against the Houston Texans, which he attributed to the quick turnaround. There was kind of the wait-and-see game throughout the first couple weeks following that, whether he would play. Then the Panthers decided a couple weeks ago to place him on IR, having him out for those three games, and now he's eligible to return for this Sunday against New England as the Carolina Panthers return home to face off against the 4-4 four and four New England Patriots out of the AFC East. So that's going to be a question, but really... The major focus this week will probably be on the quarterback position in Sam Darnold. As we know, Sam Darnold has not played up to standard throughout the majority of the season. He had the first three weeks of the season, you know, looked really good, looked solid, looked promising. Maybe you thought that, hey, this guy could end up being the franchise quarterback in the answer here in Carolina. And I was not really one of those people who believed it, but I did give him his credit when the credit was due. The next four weeks that followed were the Sam Darnold that you saw for three seasons in New York. And this time, you can't blame Adam Gase. He looked a lot better on Sunday as the Carolina Panthers only dropped back 24 times and handed it off 47 times. And the focus was on running the football. And that's really an indictment 
on the offensive line's inability to protect Sam Darnold, but also on Sam Darnold's ability to carry an offense without Christian McCaffrey out there for the course of four weeks, which is a problem and is likely going to make him a one and done here in Charlotte as a Carolina Panthers quarterback. And, you know, that's just how it's going to be here in Carolina as, and as it pertains to the quarterback position. But he still is important for the Panthers as they go throughout the next nine weeks of the season. Like, he's shown you the capability to actually play good football at times. Can he be able to find that again? Pro Football Focus had him as the highest rated uh, passer of the week, at least the highest graded quarterback of the week um, last week in week eight, which is positive based off of where I'm sure they had him graded towards the bottom the four weeks prior in those four losses that the Carolina Panthers had against Dallas and Philly and New York and Minnesota. So a step in the right direction for Sam Darnold and Matt Rule certainly had a lot of positive things to say. It's not like he's ever really criticized Sam Darnold all that much since he's been here, whether it was back in OTAs, minicamp, training camp, preseason, or when he was even struggling the last four weeks prior to the last week. But either way, Sam Darnold needs to play on Sunday for the Carolina Panthers to feel good about winning against New England. Now, this is not a game that I really feel like the Carolina Panthers will win. Um, certainly could change my mind as we'll have the crossover episode on Thursday with uh, Mike DeBate, who covers the Patriots for Locked On Patriots, also does some work for uh, Sports Illustrated um, and their Maven website for the New England Patriots. So we'll get some insight from him on Thursday. But right now, it's not necessarily a game I feel like the Carolina Panthers are in you know, the best position to win just based off of what we know about Bill Belichick and his defensive prowess and what he has done to Sam Darnold in the past. All that being said, though, P.J. Walker, I like P.J. Walker. I think he's a fun player to watch. And, you know, the thing about that is, as fun as he is to watch, he also can have you cringing at times because of the decisions that he decides to make with the football. And Sunday is exhibit A of that. Matt Rule talked about how he was not happy with PJ. And PJ said, yeah, he yelled back at Matt Rule and they yelled at each other and all that kind of stuff. But then they moved on. That's not necessarily the best reaction to taking coaching when you should have just thrown the football away. And he can't do those things on Sunday if he's called upon to be the starter. And don't get it twisted. Like, P.J. Walker will be the starter on Sunday for the Carolina Panthers if Sam Darnold's not able to go. And, like, he's the only option for the Carolina Panthers. They had all offseason to try and identify someone else to be a potential veteran backup to Sam Darnold, a guy who's yet to play a full 16 or 17-game season in, in the NFL. And I felt back then, like, hey, maybe go find someone who you can trust on depending on you know if you're going to have three or four weeks without Sam Donald this might only be a one week thing we don't know how it's going to pan out concussions are they're they're tricky obviously it's a very serious injury that we should all you know recognize you know back in the past it might not been something that was taken seriously as we've seen but it's very a serious issue so Sam Donald hopefully he's going to be healthy and that the Carolina Panthers will be able to get him back as soon as possible but it could be he could be out for a week he could be out for two weeks we've already seen with Terrace Marshall He's missed the past two weeks. If Sam Darnold's out the next two weeks, how confident are you in P.J. Walker's ability to win the football game? Like next on Sunday against New England, like it's a winnable game for the Carolina Panthers, absolutely. But after that, they go on the road to face Arizona, who's seven and one. And the way the Cardinals have played, they lost J.J. Watt, which stinks for them. But the way that they played so far this season, you have to think that they're one of the top contenders in the NFC to potentially represent the conference in the Super Bowl. Now, I don't think they're better than Green Bay or their division opponent, the uh, Los Angeles Rams or Tampa Bay, but they are a good football team. They will be a playoff team unless they have some sort of epic breakdown. But the point being is 
Like Sam Donald being back and healthy for the Carolina Panthers is very important for them on Sunday and the weeks following, just based on the fact that this guy has gotten all the first team snaps and reps since coming here in April and May or in May or whenever it was um, to be a part of OTAs and mandatory minicamp and throughout training camp and the preseason. Like he's been their guy. There was no competition, which you can question why the Carolina Panthers wouldn't bring any competition in for a guy who struggled the way he did. But I guess they probably wanted him to feel confident and not to look over his shoulder. And P.J. Walker is certainly not someone who I'm going to be scared of if I'm Sam Darnold or really any um, quarterback in the league who's being asked to be a starter. P.J. was, as I've dubbed them, the XFL Mahomes back when he played in the XFL with the Houston Roughnecks. They went undefeated, and that got him back in the NFL. And it helped, too, that Matt Rule, his former coach there at Temple, was coming to the league. He would have been on an NFL team regardless. He had been in the NFL before the Colts where they yo-yoed him all year long from active roster to the practice squad to, to not available to cutting and being cut or whatever, waived and all that kind of stuff. But P.J. Walker certainly carved out a, a good spot for him here in Carolina, at least for this season. I would say moving forward that the Panthers might want to evaluate the backup position now, first of, all, they, first of all, they need to go out there and evaluate who can actually be their starting quarterback because they have not done a great job in evaluating whether Teddy Bridgewater was the franchise or not, even though I think day one everyone knew he wasn't, and they got mad at him for being Teddy Bridgewater, I guess. At least David Tepper did, and asking him to move off. Now, if they would have gotten Stafford, that would have been a great situation. Of course, if Watson wasn't going through his deal, that would have been a great situation. So instead, they land on Darnold, which hasn't been a great situation for the Carolina Panthers but he is someone that they definitely need to go out there and play with over the next couple of weeks. And whether he'll be available or not on Sunday, I don't know. When you look at it, the Carolina Panthers on Tuesday decided to assign Josh Love, a quarterback out of San Jose State who was on the Rams um, roster during training camp in 2020. Uh, they signed him to the practice squad, and they've also protected James Morgan, the uh, former fourth-round pick, I believe, at a Florida International. He's one of their four practice squad protect protections this week. So if Darnold is out, it would be PJ, and I would imagine that Morgan gets the call up to the active roster as he gets two of them being off the practice squad before they have to sign him to the active roster, that he would be the backup quarterback, and he's never played in the NFL. And PJ Walker, the only significant action he's had was last year against Detroit, um, a little bit against New Orleans in week 17 of last season when he filled in, uh, well, came in for Sam Darnold after he got benched against the Giants, and then again last Sunday against Atlanta. And in that small sample size, it doesn't really leave a lot for you to be like, oh, yeah, he's great. Like Kyle Allen, someone who I thought was not good, never was a believer in Kyle Allen, just based off of the fact of like, I mean, the dude, how was he even an NFL quarterback based off of at AM, had the job, lost it to Kyler Murray, got it back. It was a weird situation down there with AM and Kevin Sumlin. And he transfers, goes to Houston, and he can't beat out a dude named Kyle Postma and then De'Eric King, who's now at Miami and is not even going to be an NFL quarterback. Like, couldn't beat two guys out who, I don't know what. Post was probably selling insurance somewhere in the Lone Star State. And De'Eric King, I don't know what his future is in football. So I was like, okay, so how the hell is this guy even in the NFL? All that being said, a couple years ago in week 17 on the road against New Orleans, Kyle Allen looked awesome. And at points in time during that 2019 season when he was a starter, when Cam Newton went down for the season with a foot injury, 
you know, he looked pretty serviceable, looked pretty good. And I think he's proven himself that he should at the very least be a backup quarterback in this league. And he's been the Washington football team's third quarterback. And there's been some calls apparently up there in uh in DMV in the DC area for him to be the starter over Taylor Heineke, which is hilarious to me. But at least he's proven himself. And I would actually much rather have Kyle Allen in this situation for this week and potentially another week if Darnold's out than I would have um PJ Walker. Just based off what I've seen from the two of those guys in their time playing. And even just off of one game and what we saw last year with PJ against Detroit, where he threw two interceptions in the road zone and the defense was able to shut out Stafford and not Lions offense. Like I would still take Kyle Allen based off of just a week 17 game against the Saints backups alone. than I would with PJ Walker against the Lions last season. So we'll see how things pan out, but Sam Donald potentially not being available is a concern. And it makes me believe that he might not be ready to go seeing as the Carolina Panthers have added another quarterback, something that they said they would do that they would explore if Sam Darnold wasn't available. So we'll see how things uh, play out there. Panthers back at practice later today. Matt Rule addressed the media. Then again on Friday, where we'll probably get a better idea on who might be available. But this is one of those things that could go all the way down to uh, game time on Sunday, as they have the last couple of weeks of a guy like Terrace Marshall. So hopefully Darnold's back. Hopefully Marshall's back. Hopefully McCaffrey's back. But we will have to wait and see as the Panthers welcome in the New England Patriots on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium on 800 South Mint Street in Uptown Charlotte. Speaking of the Patriots, let's take a quick look at the Patriots here and what they offer to the Carolina Panthers or season as a whole and whether Carolina can win the game and what will be dubbed a Stephon Gilmore revenge game in his home debut as a Carolina Panther. We'll get into all that here and more in just a moment. They're back in better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from the NBA, college basketball, college football, to the NFL, to the NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Built Bar is by far the best protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high high in protein, so all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. Another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days, so check out their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots come to town for the first time, which is honestly really surprising. The first time since 
the infamous, and not really infamous, the famous Steve Smith Ice Up Sun game on Monday Night Football. Well, the Carolina Panthers got that big-time win. I know there's always the Patriots fans like, oh, Rob Gronkowski got held in the end zone. Should have been a pass interference. Probably should have been a pass interference. But, you know, who cares? You lost the game. The Panthers won that game. And, you know, you got all those Super Bowl rings to wipe your tears away, which kind of hurts because I think back to the one that the Panthers lost and handed to New England. Either way, we're moving forward and we're moving on as the Patriots also are moving forward and moving on as Mac Jones is now their franchise quarterback the first-round pick out of Alabama, the Heisman Trophy Finals from a year ago, and national champion, and I did not see that coming. Mac Jones playing the way he played last year for Alabama and then becoming what's been a pretty solid rookie quarterback this season. You look at all the rookies in the NFL, he's definitely been the most impressive of them all. Trey Lance hasn't really gotten an opportunity to be the guy in San Francisco just yet. Trevor Lawrence has had his ups and downs. Zach Wilson has looked pretty bad, and... To make matters worse for him, Mike White looked awesome and set Jets records and passing records in the NFL on Sunday afternoon. The Jets win against the Bengals, and Justin Fields has had his moments. He's got to get away from Matt Nagy, which fortunately will probably happen at the end of the season. Not saying I want to see anyone lose their job, but for Justin Fields to be successful, he's going to have to find a new play caller and a new head coach, and that is something that's obviously going to happen at the end of the season in Chicago. All that being said, Mac Jones has been, you know, fairly good so far this season. He's completing 68% of his passes, has nine touchdowns and six interceptions, a 90.1 passer rating. He's been, you know, as good as you would hope a rookie quarterback would be for any team. And New England is a team that certainly has the expectations that were set upon them by Tom Brady and the 20 plus years of success with him and Belichick there in New England that brought all those Super Bowls that they want to be a perennial playoff team and a perennial Super Bowl contender and maybe hopefully not they'll get back to those days and I don't think that's one of the this is one of those years but after the last couple of weeks you have to think maybe New England's not that bad after all just look at their season as a whole you know, they should have beat Miami week one. That turns out to be a terrible loss in a game that they absolutely should have won. Damian Harris um, fumbles the ball away in a drive where the Patriots were going to go up and probably win the game against Miami. So you take away that. The Dolphins will have a win on the season, and New England has a 5-3 and three record. Got two convincing wins against the Jets. Jets aren't a great team, but maybe they were a different team with Mike White. We'll see. The Saints beat them pretty handily down in Foxborough. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they played Brady in his return on that Sunday night football game, and it was emotional for Tom, it was emotional for everyone involved, and yada, yada, yada. The Patriots played their asses off in that game. They really, you know, opened up a lot of eyes. They didn't win. They were a field goal away from potentially winning that game, like 55 yards from Nick Folk, and the rain didn't really seem like the best idea. But Bill Belichick, I guess you're going to trust him when it comes to those decisions since he is quite possibly the greatest coach in the history of the NFL, maybe even football overall. But that's a game where they played well and they acquitted themselves quite well. And I think a lot of people got a positive uh, um, thought of the Patriots, only to follow it up with a really weird game against Houston on the road where they needed a comeback to be able to win that game. They won, though, didn't lose to Houston. Then they played Dallas in a really good game so far this season, at least in the first half of the NFL season. Lose that in overtime at home and then go on the road against the Chargers on Sunday and get that win. They're at 4-4. Four and four. So New England is... Been, you know, kind of like every team in the NFL. You got the ebbs and flows of the NFL season, which I try to tell you, like, it's week to week. Don't take things too seriously one week. And, you know, in terms of, like, don't get too high, don't get too low. One week is going to be great. The next week is going to be that bad. You're going to want to fire the whole coaching staff. The next week you want to put everybody in the Hall of Fame, yada, yada, yada. And that's kind of been the season that New England's had, except I don't think it's been 
as drastic as they didn't really have a bad loss outside of the week one game against the Miami Dolphins, which you didn't think back in week one that would be a bad loss, but now it is. Um, in terms of their offense, I don't think they really have anybody that scares you. Damian Harris, an Alabama guy, of course, he um, has been a solid running back, has over 500 rushing yards through the season. Jacoby Myers, an NC State uh, player, has been their top wide receiver, and Kendrick Bourne has been you know, a solid player, and Nelson Aguilar has been fine. Like None of those guys have really wowed you and you think against the Panther secondary with Gilmore out there who's certainly he's already made it known he's not gonna hide behind uh, I mean this is, I guess it's probably more of his personality I'm not saying that Sam Donald was lying to us when he said the Jets game was you know just another game because that certainly appears to be just who he is like Stephon Gilmore has already made it known like yeah this is this game is important to me and I'm trying to show out like I think he's gonna be pretty good on Sunday Dante Jackson's had a great season uh, Boye's had a great season so far for the Panthers and he's a guy who I thought maybe could have gone to the trade deadline but they kept him around we'll see what the status of CJ Henderson is for this week but that secondary against those wide receivers I don't really have a lot of concerns Hunter Henry is good at tight end could be a matchup problem but you saw what they were able to do against uh Kyle Pitts on Sunday against Atlanta which wouldn't lead you to believe that the Carolina Panthers are going to have any uh, troubles with Hunter Henry or Jonu Smith, who's been pretty disappointing for them as a pan- as the Patriots were one of those teams that spent a lot of money in free agency to try and get make this a competitive roster. Now, guys like Matthew Judon uh, could absolutely be a nightmare coming off the edge for the for uh, the Patriots as the Panthers are well, they become more of a run team as we know at least that's their their plan and telling bill belichick what your plan is and trying to execute that might not be the uh the best way to go about things as they found out with the new york giants they were able to do it against atlanta because atlanta's not a good football team and they were able to double for the most part um a guy like uh, grady jarrett throughout this game on sunday i don't know if they're gonna have the luxury of being able to do that against new england and their defensive front throughout the game new england is giving up 12 their 12th in the league excuse me in yards per, uh, per attempt allowed on the ground uh, which is good. one of the better ones of the teams that they're going to be facing in the last couple of weeks of the season. Like Buffalo and Tampa and New Orleans are all really good against the run. Those are games where I don't really think Carolina is going to have much of an advantage based off of them being on the road and the quality of the opponent and where they just are with their offense. Now, things might change when McCaffrey comes back. We'll see if he's available on Sunday. This is a winnable game against New England at home. I would anticipate that a Bank of America stadium and a city with all the transfers that we unfortunately have here in Charlotte, that there's going to be a lot of New England fans there. Are they going to be the majority? I don't know. I don't really know where the Carolina Panthers fan base is after the last couple weeks and, you know, last time they were in that stadium. I don't know how many people are going to show up, but I would imagine that this is a game the Carolina Panthers absolutely can win as long as Sam Darnold plays. Now, they don't need Sam Darnold to be a world beater. They need him to take care of the football. They need P.J. Walker, if he has to play, to take care of the football. Either way, the game plan is going to be running the ball. Will they be able to do that against this defense? I'm not quite sure, but it's going to be a challenge on Sunday, but it's definitely a game they can absolutely get, and it's going to be a game that they need to get as they go to Arizona the next week, and they have, like I mentioned, looming matchups against the Buccaneers twice, the Saints in the Superdome, who no longer have Jameis Winston, could be signing Phillip Rivers potentially, and of course on that Saturday, likely in the evening against the Buffalo Bills and the team that probably is the team to beat in the AFC and might be one of the top contenders for the Super Bowl this season. So Patriots... Panthers, 1 o'clock, I think CBS on Sundays will be an interesting game for both teams coming in at 4-4 four and four in the NFL through eight weeks. 
that concludes another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to also follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So go ahead and get those into me now by either adding me or deeming me. But first, follow me at Julian Council. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll be talking to Mike DeBate of the Locked On Patriots podcast. Going to get a little great conversation with him and what's going on in New England as the Panthers get set to face the Patriots on Sunday at home. So until then, y'all take care, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.